Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are here for another amazing episode. We are cutting up before we even get the cameras rolling, so I'm excited to see where this one's going to go. This week, we have the Relaxation Company, family-run business that has just exploded over the last year and a half since they opened, and I am very excited to hear their story, learn about how they got their business off the ground during a pandemic, nonetheless, and are still making strides to growing it each and every day. But before we get to that, I want to give a big, wonderful shout-out and thank you to the amazing folks that put these lights in our studio. And those amazing sponsors are Government Taco, Falaya Real Estate, Lake Men's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, and you know the outfit of the day is brought to you by McClavey's Limited. Without further ado, welcome to the show, everybody. We've got three people here. I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks. So for, excited to be here. For those listening, go around, state your name, your occupation, so they can kind of get a, get a gist of everybody's voices. Okay, I'm Jennifer DeLott. I'm one of the owners, and I'm a massage therapist. I'm Abby Steib. I'm also one of the owners, and I am the a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I help run day-to-day -day operations as well as employee relations. Okay. And I'm Kirk Gallat. Um, Jennifer's my wife. Abby's my daughter. Um, I'm similar to Abby. I kind of do whatever needs to be done around the place, uh, basically uh, taking care of day-to-day -day operations. I love that. So how did this family unit turn business operations get started? So I've been doing massage therapy for about 20 years, give or take a couple years. Um, during COVID, well, when COVID happened, I was renting a room from a friend of mine in Donaldsonville. She owned a salon. So I was renting space from her and we, you know, everything shut down and I was at home for probably three months. So probably in May or June, um, I'm, I know the property manager at the strip mall where we are. And he texted me and he said, um, I'm not sure what you're doing right now or if you're going to be doing massage when we can all go back to work. But there's some people in one of the, the suites that want to get out of their lease. And I thought about you. It was actually a massage business that was already there. Um, so I was like, sure. And then I thought about it. How are we going to do this? So um, between my husband, my daughter, um, my parents, we it took a village. But we, we made it happen. So what were y'all two doing at this time? I was, uh, I was actually a teacher and a coach um, for the first six months or no, more than six months, about nine months that, that we were open. Um, I was actually in Assumption Parish teaching, so I was really nowhere near where she was at. So I, I wasn't involved a whole lot. Um, and Abby was in her own career at the time. I was in human resources. I was an HR manager for um, a family friend's company. And I left work at 345 every day and went to the spa. And then in, I guess, August or September of last year, I found out I was pregnant. And I went to, it was my best friend's parents that owned the company. So I went to them. I told them. And I said, look, I need to step back. And this is what I'm going to be doing. And they were more than excited. So here we are. I started full time with TRC in November of last year. And 
we haven't looked back since. November of last year, okay. So basically, Jennifer, you pretty much told your family, hey, we're doing this. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> y'all, y'all, and y'all are on board. You don't get an option <laughs> at this point. Well, it, it may have been the other way around. We told her that yeah. <laughs> we were doing this, and she had to get on board. So when we first... That's a, that's a different, that's yeah, a different that's angle. A different when we first sure. opened, it was just myself and another therapist. It was okay. just two of us. And um and I had an esthetician too. She joined like a couple of months later. But um that's all I was looking for was just pay my rent, make a little money. But when Abby and Kirk joined, they we just like blew it up. It it got really big. So now we have how many employees do we have, y'all? About ten. Yeah, yeah about, about ten. ten employees. Ten employees, mm-hmm. excluding the three of y'all or including the three of y'all? Is it including including. Us? including? Yeah, including. Okay. Yeah, but we're so. we're actually adding uh, as we speak. We we have some people coming on in the in the next week or so, um, in different positions. But but just because the holiday season and we, we're planning on growing more. I mean, so y'all have been open since like 2021, right? No, September of 2020. September of 2020. So mm-hmm. in two years, you have more than tripled your workforce. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's incredible. And we actually moved. We're still in the same location, but we moved upstairs. We were in a smaller suite when we opened. And as we grew, we grew out of the suite. There was a dentist upstairs who he had probably half of the the building upstairs <laughs> belonged to him. And he moved out. So we took over his space, which is more conducive to a spa atmosphere because it's it's nicer, bigger treatment rooms. Um, it's really, really pretty upstairs. I, I bet so. I mean, making any move in a business from one location to another is huge. But making one, I mean, how long were y'all in that first building before we making were, the switch upstairs? Let's see, September 2020 to March of this year. March, okay. So about a year and a half, mm-hmm. roughly. And so how much expansion was that for y'all's business? We oh, doubled was, the size. Yeah, doubled we doubled the size. the size. Doubled the square footage. Um Increased the treatment rooms by three, um, and then increased the workforce by almost triple. That's mm-hmm. powerful. So, did y'all have any type of like business background or, or no. anything coming into this? A little bit. Um, I started out at LSU in business management, and then changed to sports management, and then changed again to human resources management. So I had a little bit of a business background, but not anything. I never thought that I would run a business. And I had even smaller. I, when I first started college back in 1993, I was in business for. Well, I was. I started in accounting, then I went into marketing, for roughly two and a half years. So um, I had a little bit of business background as far as the education side of it. But, I mean, I come from parents. One was a teacher and one was a chemical plant worker who eventually went and sold insurance. So it, it wasn't like I was from an entrepreneurial family. Now, my brother, my middle brother, did at one time own um, a restaurant in Donisonville for a few years. So, you know, I got to see the ins and outs of, of what it took to run a business and, and the difficulty it is to run a business. But, uh, you know, we really didn't have any true entrepreneurial background when it comes to that. And yet here we are. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what were the conversations leading up to making that leap? I mean, because when you were 
being your own, you know, massage therapist, mm -hmm. you were working for somebody else. You were renting a space. Like, I was were renting you already a space. on your own? I was renting a space, but before that, I worked for other people. So I always wanted to do this since probably 2010. I just kept dreaming about it. And, you know, that's something I wanted. And it was never the right time or we didn't have the money to do it. Or I had a couple of people that had agreed to to help and then they backed out. So, you know, I just kind of felt like it was it was was not going to happen. But I kept holding on to that dream. So when um, when Todd called me and, you know, he said, we've got this space available. I talked to them and he's always been my husband has been so supportive. So and, and my daughter, too. So we talked about it and and we decided to go forward with it. So you kind of put this this idea or this plan like to, on hibernation for 10 years mm -hmm. pretty much. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until I guess kind of COVID made you be forced into a switch where right. it was like, let's revisit this. Let's bring right. the conversations back up and see, mm -hmm. is this feasible now? Right. That's well, what we did. It, it became a situation financially where, um, I mean, like the investments I had personally in my previous career, I couldn't touch those investments. But then when COVID happened, because of the different laws that Congress passed, I was able to get some of that money and, and invest it in, into us, into the business and not into the stock market, you know? So it was, that was a blessing for us too. The, the, the whole, the whole aspect of COVID, you know, um, it, it showed us that we could do this and it, it gave us the opportunity to do it. So I want to kind of do a little bit more of a deep dive on that. So mm -hmm. as a CPA, yes, the, I'm aware of the laws that went into effect for COVID and the early withdrawal mm -hmm. from retirement accounts. How did that make y'all feel that it was like, we're pulling out of our retirement account <laughs> and basically investing in ourselves? I mean, not everybody was doing that. They were pulling it out of their retirement account to essentially live because they were being laid off or furloughed or what have you. And y'all were basically saying, no, we're not going to let anybody control our destiny here. We're going to do something and put it into ourselves. I mean, that cannot have been an easy conversation nor an easy thought pro or was it was it an easy conversation and thought process for, to go through for y'all for me it was it was fairly easy I, I believe I've always believed that in, investing in myself is a lot better than investing in the stock market and such it's just I never had the opportunity because of my life situation um, we got married at an early age had children early so I never could save money to start a business um, or get her started um, I think Jen was pretty much the opposite. She was, she's more of a, when it comes to things like that, it's, it's less risk taking and stuff like that. But uh, it just, everything kind of came together. When, when Todd called her or texted her about it, you know, it, it just, it was, it all happened roughly around the same time that just things just came together, you know, it was, and it, it, it all, you know, we, we had many discussions, the three of us, um, but I think every time we looked at it, it was like, this is destiny. This is, everything is working in the right direction. I really felt like it was something God wanted for our family. And so that's, that helped me because I was really nervous about him pulling out money. 
to to That's open very this. Nerve. That's very yes. nerve wracking. <laughs> very nervous. And then we were in this time where we didn't know what was going to happen with COVID, and but I just felt like God was pulling us into this direction. Well, and at that time, were y'all even allowed to technically be open? Yes, we were allowed to be open, but not when we first not started first pulling money the, and all out. Oh, okay. We okay. had to wait a while before we could we signed the lease a couple months before we were even able to go back to work. <laughs> wait, what? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that that is true. Like I was I was confused. Yeah. So y'all are pulling money out of the retirement yes. accounts, yes. signing leases for a business you couldn't legally open. Right. 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 We had to do yeah, some was, painting. We had to do a yeah. lot of stuff in there. And, and we were fortunate. They, the property owners uh, worked with us and, and they understood the situation, too. So, you know, um, it wasn't like we had to start paying on day one when we signed the lease and all. We, we, we had some leeway because they understood we couldn't open and stuff. But. Yeah, we, we that's signed. true. We signed in July, mm -hmm. and we, we did. didn't open till September. Yep, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, but at the at the time, I'm trying to think back to July of when it was happening. I mean, were there even rumors that they were going to allow that stuff oh. to go back in September? No, the governor. That was all based on what Governor Edwards was saying every week in his press conferences, and and until they went into what they called it, the second. Phase, phase two. Phase two or whatever. Yeah, phase two or three mm -hmm. She was not able to go back to work until phase two, I think it mm -hmm. was. You know? So uh, every every week we were, like, standing in front of the TV watching or listening to see if we would be going into phase two. You know, but it, it took a while. So it was it was risky. It was definitely stressful, for sure, for all of us. And that is that, – that's less risk, risky than the stock market. <laughs> I don't know. You've seen it lately. It's like a roller coaster. This is true. This, this is true. Right now, I'd make the bet you made nine times out of ten. Um, so some would see that kind of as, you know, an opportunity to get the construction done, right? So you had that those funds you were able to pull out and say, let's this is our construction budget, our renovation budget, and let's let's dive into this. I mean, how long and what all went into the renovation of the building? It wasn't a whole lot. No, um, we, we the rooms were already built out. Um, we had to paint um, mm -hmm. front desk. We had to have a front desk made. That was pretty much it. And just buying the tables and, and buying the table, like that, the that equipment, needed, the equipment and supplies that we needed. But other than that, it wasn't wasn't a whole lot. And it, that was part of the thing. We we could not have afforded to do a complete build out um, had that opportunity been been given to us we, we we just couldn't do that I didn't have that much saved up I was a teacher I mean you know <laughs> you don't save up that much as a teacher but uh it, it just it just everything fell into place that the building was perfect for us I mean it just it worked out so in getting started from my understanding mm -hmm. at least to what Kirk has has informed me via email I told you there was a set list of questions yes <laughs> no I'm teasing um Everything kind of started out a little slow initially, right? Mm -hmm. So walk us through kind of day one, opening your doors. I mean, how did you get the word out? What did you do to tell people we're uh, new in town, we're open? Social media. Um, and I already had like a big following of clients. So I let all them know what was going on. Um, and we posted it all over Facebook. Did we do the, we didn't do any flyers in Pelican Point at that point, did no. we? 
we didn't do flyers until March of okay. 2021. Really. All right. So social media and just getting the word out with my clients. So, and you had your own personal social media you've been leveraging over the years, or was mm-hmm. TRC something that's always no. been in place? No, it was it was just my personal social media. Okay. Until we created we created the Facebook page, our business page. So in this process from, from all all three of y'all, was there ever a point while you were going through the build out, you were going through the lease negotiations and this whole process, was there ever a point where you had a doubt to continue? Yeah, it happens every day. <laughs> Still, <laughs> Still? <laughs> yeah. yes, I mean, yeah, I mean that that, that was it, it wasn't just us doubting, it was people around us doubting too, you know, um close family doubting too. And even though they were there to support and and help out. I mean, like she said that some of our family helped out financially. Um it just I, I think when you look at all the factors from, you know, still being in COVID um, not having a huge budget, you know, to be able to do everything that we really needed to do to open a business. You know, I mean, we had a, a very shoestring advertising budget when we started out. So there was no really doing advertising. We couldn't even really afford flyers, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we never expected it to grow the way that, that we've grown it. You know, it, it was just going to be something for her to do. Uh, just continue to bring an income into the family. And that's, you know, we were content with that. Um, but then when the more that Abby and I got involved in the business, um, it was like, hey, we can we can really do this. We can really grow this thing and we can really have this as our careers. So what elements of it, Abby, did you kind of pull on saying, yes, we can take this and grow it, you know, to the next level? based on what your experience and your education you had? I think with my background in HR, I was able to, I guess, know the rules that we had to follow with employees, with labor laws, with OSHA standards, with safety, with insurance, even when it comes to employee benefits, um, because that's all things that I did at my old job. So... I think that was the part that really drew me towards it because I knew that I had all of this background knowledge and I could use that and make a difference with the small amount of employees that we had at the time and then grow it. Right. And as entrepreneurs or business owners, especially small business owners, one of the hardest things when we we had a guest on last week talk about this where he was saying it's so challenging to hire somebody that first employee, because as a business owner, you know, it's, it's your baby, right? You've cultivated this concept, this idea, this product, this service over the years. I mean, for you, Jennifer, it was 20 years of you building this product and this service. And then to have your daughter tell you, Hey mom, it's time to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, what were those conversations like when you had to tell her, look, let's, let's bring somebody in the door or was it the other way around? I mean, what was that like bringing on your first employee? Well, I knew ahead of time who I wanted. Um, I had, she worked at another spa and I met her cause I went and got a massage from her and she was really good. So we stayed in touch for a couple of years. We were friends on Facebook and I knew that I wanted her to, to work for me. So I texted her and I said, Hey, are you still at such and such? 
And she said, yeah. I said, well, if your situation ever changes, let me know. I'm opening a spot, Pelican Point. And I figured she would just reply back, okay, thanks, I'll let you know. She immediately sent back, oh, my God, really, what's the details? Tell me all about it. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was pretty easy to, to get her on board. So you poached another employee. Yeah, I, I hate to say I did that, but yeah. <laughs> I think that, that phrase, I think everybody, if they're in a situation where they're not 100% happy, mm-hmm. they've always got that in the back of their head. Right. So all it takes is just an email from a close friend or someone they've remained in touch with over the years to say, if your situation ever changes, which I mean, we could ultimately rephrase that to, hey, you want to come work for me? Right, right. <laughs> because in their mind, it's not... The situation, I mean, the situation did change. Mm-hmm. You changed it for them right, by did. saying I'm starting a business, you know, and so their situation has changed. And I think it's I think it's ironic hearing that phrase because in, in my everyday world, it's, you know, we're looking for employees and I always tell them, hey, if your situation ever changes, but you don't think about it until you're in the shoes of the business owner making that, that comment to somebody. And then if you're the receiver, you're like, wait a second, my situation could change. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not 100% satisfied with where I'm at. And yeah, I think I want to go work for them. Yep. So, and as an HR, how do you make sure that they are 100% committed? So, if somebody else sends them that email, they're not jumping ship and going to them. We have had a few people leave us that were originally with us at the beginning. Um, and that was due to several reasons. Um, we try our best to make sure that all of our employees are taken care of. We are not a big corporation that can have all of these health benefits and retirement benefits, but we make sure that when a person is hired, even though we don't have company plans like that, we have contacts to where they can get individual policies for things. We make sure that they have all of the resources that a big company would have, and we help guide them along the way. We give them all of those resources, and they can do it all personally. we do a lot of team building we actually my mom got back today from the beach she took some of the girls um, to the beach we had a little employee (laughs) retreat it's employee retreat it's not the beach it's an employee (laughs) retreat it's okay um they were originally supposed to go to west palm beach for a spa conference that got delayed by the last hurricane in florida then they were supposed to go to miami and my husband decided to remind me to check the weather on what was that Friday Mm -hmm. they were supposed to leave Saturday and we saw that there was a hurricane going towards Miami so we hurried up and scrambled and booked a condo in Orange Beach so and here we are exactly you're back just got back a couple hours ago a couple hours well thank you for coming on I appreciate that we we made her I'm hearing a, a consistent theme here that like the support comes from the external factors to push Jennifer to achieve what she's truly capable yeah, that's, of. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. how it is, yeah. I think we all push each other in different yeah, ways, though. we do. We do. Mm-hmm. We do. I, I, I couldn't be happier. And, and like I said, every day is a challenge um, from a business standpoint. But I couldn't be happier with the role that each of us plays in this business and that role changes from day to day it it changes from minute to minute sometimes uh you know one day i may be dealing with personnel issues and she's dealing with marketing stuff or vice versa and uh, it just it's it's such a blessing to be able to work with them and and us to be able to to have this business um at the level that we've had it still being a very tight-knit family 
You know, we uh, we spend a lot of time together. We the three of us probably spend more time together now than when Abby actually lived with us, um, and it just it, it's it's amazing. You know, and I, I can't say it, like I said, every minute is not great. You know, we we butt heads sometimes. We have arguments. We fuss at each other. We hang up on each other and all of that stuff. But uh, you know, it's a blessing for sure. At the end of the day, you're still family. Absolutely. Definitely. And we all, we're family working on the same goal, you know, um, to, to have this thing to get as big as we could possibly get it with still having it under control, you know. <laughs> that's yeah. that's you the key. Grow from under your control. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So on the topic of balance, how have y'all each kind of found, or have you found a balance between work and family and just kind of going to family functions and not always talking about work or do you you know like what is let me rephrase it. what is the, what is the family dynamic at home versus at the office i think i'm the worst because i'll say if they want to come over and see the baby that's fine we'll go to dinner i'm the first one to say i don't want to talk about work but i'm also the first person to bring up work right, right. And, and his mind never stops so he's He's constantly thinking of different ideas, yeah, and it could I mean, be the just, middle of the night, and yeah. I'm thinking of things to do with the business and ways to market things like that. And I was telling them, ten thirty last night, I'm watching the Saints game, and I'm on my computer doing work stuff. And it's like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm there by myself, just my middle son and I, because she was out of town. And I'm like, what am I doing? I could be sitting here enjoying the game, and I'm not. <laughs> It's okay. So, At the same time, I was learning Facebook algorithms for lead generation, so it's okay. Yeah, so it it's hard to separate work and family because we're we're a family that works together. So I don't know. I, we haven't found that balance yet. It's a tough balance to find, even when you're not a family that works together. Mm -hmm. So y'all are experiencing a heightened situation where. You don't have, I mean, with the exception of, of you, Abby, you don't have that that other side in a spouse or a partner to say, hey, I'm not involved, I'm not associated, let's take a step back, let's take a breath away, let's just have mm -hmm. dinner, tell me about, you know, your day, and let's, you know, not focus on the operational side of work. Right. Where it's like when you're a married couple and you're in that, you're... It's like if you're not talking about the business 24-7, something's going to happen and you're going to go under. And, you know, those worries are going to creep up and like, oh, wake up tomorrow, we can't open, you know, for mm -hmm. whatever reason it may be. Mm -hmm. It's just a tough situation to be in. Well, and I think I could probably make a separation, but I think my previous career, I was constantly thinking about what we could do to, to be successful in the next game or doing lesson plans at home and stuff like that. So... It's been a 20-plus year mentality I've had, so it's hard to get out of that. But um, there have been some times where we've been able to get away um, from the business and, and not have to deal with things. And, and we have done that a little bit, but not a whole lot. And we don't get away much. I mean, right. we're there all the time, basically. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that's the other side of the equation. You're not to the point where you can be totally hands-off. I mean, right. you're, right. you're hands-on well, every right. day. Yeah, so <laughs> literally yeah. hands-on. <laughs> Pun intended. Yep. So when looking at the next level, you mentioned that you're learning the Facebook algorithm for how to get lead generations. Can we like do a deep dive into what you're doing? 
Sure. <laughs> I don't know very much about it, but sure. <laughs> well, I want to talk about that process of what you're doing, the research you've got going on so you can figure out how to get lead generation, how to work the algorithm for the sake of the business, because some of the viewers and absorbers of the content are probably going to be business owners trying to go through the same thing you are. Yes. So we currently use a marketing company that basically does all of our lead generation for us. They have a system, a CRM system that connects to Facebook. They set up a little landing page, a form where it asks a few questions, asks name, phone number, email address. People fill it out whenever they see the paid ad. Then we get the appointment request where we have to call them. So we are trying to scale back on that aspect of our advertising budget because I want everything to be perfect and I'm not seeing the results that I think we can see. So I have been, as well as my dad, researching a lot of what we can do better ourselves. And so last night I sat on the couch after my husband was watching the Saints game and I looked into what components of lead generation Facebook has, which we have the Facebook business dashboard. I use the planner for social media occasionally and I never really dove into the lead generation aspect of it. Facebook basically has everything that we need. All we have to do is set up the questions and pay for the ads, which we're already paying for the ads because that's not something that our lead generation company is doing for us. So all we have to do is organic marketing in terms of pictures. We have to take pictures during services. And I know that's a little difficult to do during massages, but we can do facials, we can do cryotherapy pictures, we can do pictures of our establishment, um, pictures of our employees, videos before and after pictures of cryo-slimming, cryo-toning, cryo-facials, and all of that is appealing to people. So when they click that ad, when they see it, they fill out the form, we get an appointment request, we book their appointment for them. So are you using a local company here? No. Okay, so we can talk about them. <laughs> yeah, I don't, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, from a, from a business owner's mindset, what kind of went into that decision of using a, was it a, is it a lead generation ad company specifically, or is it a marketing firm? What type of company are we using here for marketing? Can you explain a little bit more It's a that? combination of the two, I think it is. It's, uh, it's a company out of, uh, out of Colorado. Well, that's where the owners are based. I'm not exactly sure where they base where their the company out. Based out of, uh, yeah. But um, it kind of fit what we were looking for at the time um, when we began to do the cryotherapy stuff. Um, and that's kind of what they focus on more than the massage aspect. We kind of took those things we learned from them and we started using them on the massage end and the esthetician end. But, um, yeah, they, they are just a combination of, a marketing slash lead generation CRM stuff. Okay. So <clears throat> what, I mean, in doing that, it becomes a decision of taking an outside of outside house, right? So with that decision being on the table, was it an easy one to make or was it kind of a, a challenging <laughs> one to put marketing in someone else's hands? Again, I mean, when we talk about this from a business owner's perspective, it's your baby, right? So it's like, now let's bring in a sitter. Mm -hmm. 
I was very hesitant because I wanted to do it. I did social media before we did that. So I wanted to continue doing it, but I also didn't have the time to research. So I finally threw my hands up and said, okay, let's pay all of this money every month. And it was great at the beginning. And the owners of the company are great. Our account manager is amazing, but the company caters to bigger city clients. They are expecting us to make all these thousands of dollars per week based on the people and the leads that we should get, but we can't just because of the area, the demographics. I mean, it just, it isn't working out to what they want it to be. And it's not working out to what we want it to be either. I find that not being from a smaller area like Baton Rouge, Gonzales, Prairieville, they aren't as familiar with the local businesses, the local people. Um, I think they are trying to target higher class people, but in our business, we target middle class people. We're not going after the money, we're going after the normal people who need to relax. So I think it's something that I gave up for a long time, but it's something I want to take back because I feel like with enough research, we can make it work and we can make it better than what it was and we can grow even more. And, and when Abby, when we did that, when we went with that marketing firm, Abby was still working um, in her human resources job. So she didn't have the time that necessitated that was necessary for us to be able to grow like we wanted to grow. Um, so that's one of the reasons too. Um, from her standpoint, it was the anxiety of not being able to do the things that she wanted to do with regards to marketing from mine. It was the cost. It was just like, we're going to pay somebody to do this, you know, and it just, it was something we had to do. And I think we've learned over the last year or so that um, some of the things that we are paying to get done, we could do on our own. We've educated ourselves. She and I are both researchers. We we research things up and down before we do something, and we've been doing enough research. We've gained enough knowledge that we feel as though we can uh, take some of that back so we can uh, reduce costs, number one, and, and put that money in other places to, to help grow and maybe advertise more locally. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, it was a stressful thing for sure to – to turn that over to someone else. Yeah, and I think, you know, Abby, you put it well, it's when you look at the time you have in a given day, you know, we're all allotted the same amount of time and we can spend it how we choose. But when it comes down to a revenue generation standpoint, it's could your time better be spent elsewhere generating revenue or managing the revenue or managing the team that generates the revenue versus doing something in a lead generation that may not directly impact based on the time you spend versus the time spent elsewhere. And so it is a tough decision to pull that back and bring it in and say, let me do it, I can do it. And every entrepreneur and business owner faces that dilemma. Do they go outside or do they stay in-house and occupy their generating revenue time to put out more feelers, essentially? And, and it's a tough call, but, you know, like you said, if you have an outside company that's not familiar with your area, you know, you, they don't know what the folks in Baton Rouge, Gonzales, and Prairieville like and how to get to them. And more importantly, when you're doing your marketing push, your biggest friend is going to be geofencing. 
Exactly. You need people to come in your door, not just see and like right. and share. That means nothing. If you have 20 likes on a post and you get 18 customers, that's great. If you have 2,000 likes and you get 18 customers, that's not so great. (laughs) I think one really important aspect of taking over everything is getting our team involved. When they are in videos, when they are in pictures, that gets clients more engaged, not only to like the post, but to call and say, oh, I need to make an appointment. I haven't been in a few weeks. I saw that y'all are doing this. I saw this video. I saw this picture, this special. It just gets people to come in the door in case they've gotten busy with life. And, and reaching them through friends of friends that like your page, that little option you have in Facebook advertising, is powerful because then they see you know Jennifer doing it. They see you doing it. They see a friend of yours in the shop or in the studio, and they're like, oh, well, maybe I need to go and get that done. And, or better yet, we're from the South, so we're just going to text them and say, hey, I saw you over over there at a TRC. Is it really all they're saying, or is that just a bunch of you know hogwash? What is that? And they're going to say, oh, no, it's great. It's awesome. We did this treatment. This treatment was phenomenal. The team was fantastic. Having that is way more impactful than saying, we got you 2,000 more leads. Exactly. Right. We don't know what that means, but we got you 2,000 more leads. Mm-hmm. So going that hands-on approach, I think a lot of businesses – initially it's like it's like a it's like a wave right you're going to ride that wave up say we're going to do it we're going to do it we're going to do it you reach a level we can't do it anymore and then you get down to that bottom again you go no we're going to take it back in house and it sounds like that's kind of where y'all are from the marketing side is now we're going to take this back in house we can use our phones and video the content that you already have to do because if they're not local they can't come and create content for you right you Mm -hmm. have to create content and then with some Googling, and if you get use iMovie or Adobe Premiere, you can quickly edit those clips out and spin them across your social media. Right. And in y'all's business, that's so hands-on, filming the hands-onness is what's really going to drive that business. Right. Right, and, and it's something that, you know, not, not being educated on those things, those are things that we've had to learn as we've gone through it. And, uh, you know, we've made mistakes in marketing for sure. Um, and when I say mistakes, not with how we marketed or who we marketed with or advertised with, it's just we made mistakes of overextending ourselves in marketing at times from a cost standpoint. Uh, because at some point, everything has worked out really well for us in our advertising or marketing standpoint. It's just to find the right balance where we're getting a return on the, the, the proper return on investment, you know. Yeah. Makes sense. So how how does the team take it from y'all having to go in and say, hey, look, we're going to be filming this one. You know, don't mess it up. Or, hey, we're going to be filming this one. Can we take some pictures? Can we stop? What's their energy around being the focal point of the content you're creating? It varies from day to day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it depends on if, if they didn't wear makeup right. or, you know, they're like, please let us know ahead of time. <laughs> So yeah. we can wear makeup. Yeah, so we have a rule now between the three of us that we let them know at least a day in advance that we're going to be filming or we're going to be taking pictures or something like that. So One of our girls is a little more shy than the others, but she's the first one to volunteer. Hey, I'll film it. I can do special effects. I can do this, this, <laughs> yeah, and that. Yeah, she's and real good like, with that. Hey, go for it. So. Yeah. so so you've got somebody that may end up being your in-house marketing yeah. department. 
possibly. <laughs> I mean, that's what I hear. Yeah. You know, find somebody mm-hmm. who can who can do the treatments that she can, and just have her focus on the marketing mm-hmm. side. Of one one thing that I want to say is that we have an amazing group of people that uh, that we employ. Um, and, and from the beginning, we've had a very very good group. Even the people that are no longer with us, they all did such a phenomenal job in their profession. Um, and uh, but the team we have now, I think they are willing to do whatever it takes to help out TRC. Um, and one of the reasons we we do things like take them on a retreat and and do little things for them as often as we can is because of that, because they are willing to give back to us in trying to help us be successful. They work very hard. Yes, they do. And you've got to build a culture, as your HR would tell you, you've got to build a culture that's not only warm and welcoming to those within the organization, but so much so to a degree where they start telling everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. And all their friends in the same career, hey, you've got to come work over here. It's the best place you're ever going to mm-hmm. work. And that's how getting those happy, satisfied employees in turn gives you happy, satisfied customers, repeat business, where you don't even need that marketing anymore because you're at the point where it's like we're bursting at the seams. we got a fire hose of clients now that we have to deal with every single day where we don't even have the manpower to do what we need to do. And that culture, what y'all are building, sounds already to be incredible. Well, and, and look, we've made plenty of mistakes. We've we've not done things right, even from a from an employee standpoint, as far as making sure that they were well taken care of and all. We we've made mistakes for sure, you know. But we try our best to to take ownership of our mistakes and in front of the the employees to tell them, hey, look, we screwed up, but we're gonna make it right, and we're not gonna we're not going to continue to have this and we do our best to try to do that and every day we still make mistakes you know and uh, just follow the people that are listening as business owners or future business owners you know it's not you're going to make mistakes it's not easy uh the thing is don't take ownership of your mistakes improve them and you know take care of your employees that's the biggest thing though because if you don't have them in our business you don't have anything i mean in transparency which y'all are doing 100 percent, is so valuable letting them know, hey, we're not perfect. We're just like y'all. We're humans. We're going to make mistakes, but here's how we're going to correct them. Right. That second part has to be attached to the first part because mm-hmm. then they're saying, made a mistake. Okay. <laughs> we know. We all know you right. did. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. How are you going to fix it? And sometimes the, even the fixes, the fixes sometimes break, you know, but again, just to keep taking ownership of that and, and let them see that you're trying to improve things the best you can. Um, you know, and we're getting there. Um, and just again, young business owners and by young, we're not young, but by young, I mean, just new business owners and never having experienced some of the things, uh, we just work hard to try to make sure that our people who are amazing people get what they need. Absolutely. So from an offering standpoint, I don't think we've even touched on what y'all actually do no, at TRC. <laughs> so what, what do y'all do? It <laughs> we got a great business model here, great execution. <laughs> what the heck is it that TRC even does? We do massages, we do facials, waxing, and we do body sculpting. Okay. So what does each of that mean? Okay. So, <laughs> so massages are, you know, we do deep tissue, Swedish, hot stone, prenatal. We do reflexology. 
um, lymphatic drainage. That's good for someone who's just had surgery. Um, we also facials. We do uh, deep cleansing, um, oxygen facials, customized facials. And What's oxygen facials, not to cut you off. No, okay. I'm so, curious of, what is that? Abby, I think you would be better to explain an oxygen facial. Yes, I, I'm not an esthetician by any means, but I did just go through the training. I was the model. Um, <laughs> we use Skin for Life products. Skin for Life is a company that is out of Florida, but the doctor who created the products actually makes them or began to make them in Baton Rouge. So we consider them a local company. Um, they have created their own skincare line as well as their own equipment machines to go along with it. So the oxygen facial is a multi-step facial. You have one product, phase one, that you put on based on the skin type. It could be oily, it could be dry, it could be acne prone skin. That goes on to the face to I guess cleanse it if that makes sense and then the second part is the the second phase is the oxygen activator so you rub the activator onto the face and then you have a little oxygen gun that just sprays oxygen once it does that it starts bubbling like hydrogen peroxide basically it it creates a bubbling sensation that pulls all of the junk out of pores it's actually kind of gross <laughs> but it works. It does. It does work. Um, it's good for clogged pores, acne scarring. Um, it brightens. It even skin tone. And I frequently get them because I'm famous for not wearing sunscreen with very fair skin. And the top of my forehead is like permanently burnt. So I do find that it helps even skin tone. Um, and their products are great. So we love oxygen facials. Excellent. And so... What else after the oxygen facials? Um, Cryoskin. So this is a body sculpting system that uses cold temperatures to freeze fat cells. And it helps get rid of areas that no matter how hard you try, diet and exercise don't get rid of. So um, for most women, it's, it's the little pooch that they have in their stomach, um, cellulite on the legs. It, um, it's a miracle worker. It really is. Yeah, and I've heard, like, is that kind of similar to something like a cold plunge or a cold, uh... No. No, this no, is, okay. this no, is, different. this is different. This is for inch loss. Okay. So, um, you can lose, I mean, they say it in average of 1.87 inches, but we've had clients that have lost six to nine inches doing it. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, okay. Wow. No, and it, it's a small machine with almost like an ultrasound wand. Right. So you move it around the area and you get the results within a few treatments that you're typically looking for. Some people see results after the first treatment, but they usually don't stop there. They usually have a goal in place. And before we begin any treatments, we do a consultation to see what they're looking to achieve. And, and if can, we can help them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So have y'all had situations where what they were trying to achieve was not achievable within y'all's certain practice? Yes. Yes. And how do you... How do you tell them we can't serve you? Well, I think it's it's uh, it's almost like a checklist. They kind of go through when they're doing mm -hmm. the consultation, and uh, you know, it's um, it's more of guiding them. 
through the answers of the question, guiding the client through the answers, um, and they see that is not something that 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 would benefit. I'll give them. you an example. So to do cryo skin and to have it effectively work, you have to have a proper diet and exercise. A lot of people they have this misconception that this is an easy way out. It's a it's shortcut, an easy fix, yeah. right? But it's not. So. I try to explain to people because I ask them, how is your diet, your, you know, water intake? Oh, I don't drink a lot of water. Oh, you know, I, I probably eat too many carbs. And I try to make them understand if you're going to spend the money to do this, you've got to do your part. Like it's not one sided. As long as they're doing their part with diet and exercise, they will see results. It's just like if you get a tummy tuck or lipo or weight loss surgery, if you don't do your part, you're going to gain the weight back. So um, I try to make them understand it's not a shortcut. It's it's a, a path to a healthier way of living. Yeah, I think that is such an important kind of thought process that people have to go through and change about themselves because almost as as a society, we like the shortcut. Mm -hmm. We like the quick fix. We like to make the quick buck. We like to have the overnight success. But nobody or not many people really take the time to evaluate what is it really going to take to get this stuff done? What is it really going to take to have a business go from zero to a million? What type of effort, energy, and just time is it going to take? You know, y'all have been one of the cases that are very fortunate to have a two to three year success window get to the point where you're at where some people will spend 10 20 years trying to achieve the level of success that y'all have in such a short period of time mm -hmm. and it's not the norm right but we all want to believe and have this built up you know the lottery that just happens a very prime example we all want to win that winning lottery ticket and instantly become billionaires overnight but for everyone else that buys the ticket right. that it doesn't happen to it's like okay now what now that you didn't get that overnight situation where you had one treatment and you achieved your goals or you didn't change your diet but you're going there through the treatment and you're like why aren't i seeing the results i said i would well because you only saw and, and heard part of what you wanted to hear mm -hmm. you didn't hear the whole thing you didn't hear the whole scenario that right. you had to go through the behind the scenes that has to take place in order to achieve this. And it's like, it's from a business to a health standpoint, you can't shortcut your way into achieving what you want to achieve. Correct. And it's, it's tough. I'm sure to have those conversations with people. I mean, what do you even, what do you even tell them at that point where they're like, Oh, what do you mean? I've got to change my diet or what do you mean? I've got to do this or that to have these improvements. I mean, how do you from a, standpoint of wanting what's best for the client and the patient have that interaction and do that little dance that they want to go about so i tell people you know for this to work you have to change your diet oh well you know i like to drink my wine every night or i like to do this and i i eat on the weekends and i tell them well you might not have the results if you if you don't modify that you might not have the results that you're hoping to achieve 
So I make sure that they understand. I also show them before and after pictures. And I tell them, look, this person, they lost 26 pounds and six inches, but they, they did what they were supposed to do. So the ones who, who don't want to, you know, compromise in their eating habits, they're not going to follow through. They're not going to get, you know, they're not going to buy a treatment package because they know that if they're going to spend the money on a treatment package, but they still want to eat, you know, it's, their results aren't going to be the same. Yeah. So they want to, they want to lose the weight from the cake, but still eat it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So as we start to kind of wind down the show, we do have a list of questions, very short, that we ask everybody on the show for very hard-hitting, very tough questions. <laughs> so each of you are going to get a chance to answer these very tough questions. So we'll start with you, Abby, and work our way down. So what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Take a nap every day. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. (laughs) Love that answer. I'd have to say the same thing. Take a nap every day. We like to sleep. Yeah, she got that from me. I'm right there with you. Sleep is, you need your sleep, people. (laughs) You need it. I hate sleeping. (laughs) All right, so what's your answer, Kirk? Not having bills to pay. (laughs) Okay, I feel that too. Yeah, that too. I think the sense of, of carefreeness, right, that yeah. comes with, with yeah. being a child. You know, my son's about to turn one next week, and that carefreeness of just, you know, opening up the cabinet door and slamming it shut or, you know, eating the Cheerios off the floor, it just doesn't matter. Right. You know? right. Not thinking right. about right. Exactly. the bills, the mortgage, no, everything right. else. Right, you know? exactly. I used to love jumping on my bike as soon as I woke up, going riding through the neighborhood, hanging out with friends, playing football, camping out, and didn't have to worry about anything. You know, didn't have to worry about if I had money in my pocket. Didn't have to worry about what bills needed to be paid. Didn't really have to worry about going to work unless I wanted to, you know. But, uh, yeah, that would be mine. I love that. So what are three lessons you have learned along the way? Um, I think the most important is clear communication, full transparency, um, and I think supporting each other no matter what. If we have a good day, we still need to support each other. If we have a bad day, that's when we need to support each other the most. Absolutely. I feel um, what I've learned is do what you say and say what you do. Um, transparency. Um, and just showing people that you care about them. And, you know, when you take care of people... They, they, in turn, take care of you. Yeah, I think uh, my three would be kind of a summary of those. Uh, I think the most important thing is transparency, um, not only between us, but between us and our employees, you know, to the extent that it needs to be. They don't need to know every single thing going on in the business necessarily, but the things that affect them, they need to know about um, and know about it in advance. I'm one of those people that I, I want to be prepared for something as opposed to having to react to it. And I guess that's the coach in me um, and the teacher in me, but um, that I want to make sure that they are not there just reacting to things. Um, I think when it comes, one of the things I learned the most is that no matter what happens, 
you have to take care of the people that are taking care of you, whether it be us as owners taking care of one another, whether it's taking care of the employees. Because like I said earlier, without them, we have nothing. You know, we have no business. I can't do massages. She can't do massages. I can't do facials. I don't think anybody would want me giving them a massage. But, <laughs> you know, it, uh, I mean, uh, and then the last thing I think is uh, is making sure that um, you have the right people in the right place at the right time. Um, I think, uh, again, that goes back to the, the coach and me of, uh, you know, not just hiring the first person that comes along. Um, and we've learned that. Sometimes we've learned that the hard way. Um, I've learned that throughout my career the hard way, hiring somebody who I thought would be a, an excellent coach and it just it didn't work out or having a kid play a certain position and it just didn't work out. And it's the same thing in business. You know, you have to, uh, you have to thoroughly evaluate people, not only before you hire them, but as they're, progressing into their their jobs absolutely 100 percent. so what is something that y'all love about louisiana um not the heat <laughs> um i think crawfish but that sounds crazy because it's not just the crawfish it's more of when i think of crawfish i think of family and gatherings and friends it's just the familiarity of getting together with people if that makes sense a hundred percent the camaraderie that comes with a crawfish boil the all-day affair that it brings i'm right with you i think louisiana is like a big small town what what i love about it is everyone's related to each other everyone's family um if something happens they're there for you and that's what I love about Louisiana. We come together when when we need to. Yes. We we definitely know how to show our support for our fellow neighbor when we have to. Right. I'm a South Louisiana boy through and through. And I, that'll never change. I'm uh you know, with crawfish, uh hunting, fishing, um LSU football, LSU baseball. Uh, I just I love everything about Louisiana, especially South Louisiana, and uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Uh, if I had a choice of where I could live, if I could start all over again, it would be South Louisiana. Yeah, then we have that, <clears throat> all those attracting factors yeah. within us that we call this place home. Yep. So for the final question, what can I do to help you? Um. I don't know. Skip. <laughs> no, is that an passing. option? <laughs> nope. No passing. No pass. Um, I think we've learned that free advertising is very good and not, out, not all advertising is free. But I think getting in front of you, in front of the audience that you reach, I think that's very important to us as business owners, as small business owners, because we are telling our story to other business owners, other viewers who may have the same dream, just in a different field, it may be the same field, just to show that, you know, the, um, the importance of 
following your dreams. And I think that I've watched quite a few of your shows. I think that you do a great job of telling stories for people and having people tell their stories to everyone. So I think that what you're doing is great. And thank you for having us. Absolutely. You're more than welcome to come on the show. And I'm not telling the stories. It's the guests yeah. telling the stories. <laughs> but you facilitate. Yeah. You do. You do a great job of it. I bring the chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with her. Um, just putting us putting us out there for, for you know, our business and then for other business owners who are having issues or they can identify with some things that we've gone through. And I think it's really good what you do. Well, thank you. I don't. I don't plan on stopping, so I'm glad to awesome. have y'all as a part of the story and a part of the journey. Awesome. I mean, and they said about what would benefit our business, but uh, what I want is exactly what you're doing, is to to show other business owners that, number one, it's never too late when you look at us. You know, I mean, we started this at 46 and 47 years old um, after having other careers. Um, and that it, it it's difficult. It's not always easy. And and that's every day. I mean, we've been in business two years now and every day is still a challenge and still a struggle, you know. Um I mean yesterday we had no clients yesterday because we had closed the doors, but she and I went into work for a good five or six hours and uh, you know, just to do books and, and just look at everything and plan stuff for the Christmas season and all that. And it's it's not easy, you know, and then as we talked about earlier, it's it's not a nine to five job for sure. When you're a business owner, you uh, you have to understand that it's gonna be you're gonna be doing this a good bit at a time, you know. So and, and that's that's the thing that that I want to see you continue to do is to just be able to to help other business owners, especially those like us who this wasn't something that we ever thought we would do. You know, but it, the potential is there for anybody to succeed in something that they love if they listen to others. You know, we've done a great job, I think, of listening to others and trying to educate ourselves um, on how to do things. Um, but what you're doing is great, and we appreciate you having us on. Well, I thank you all for coming on. You know, it's through the stories like you all that come on the show that is proof for everybody that if you've got a dream and you want to go after it, it can be done. You know, you're over here trying to make it like you're knocking on Graves' door, but you're not that old, man. You know, I don't know, I feel it, but a lot of graves here. I mean, look, that happens. But I mean, it's it, it, it's true, like you said. You if you're at the point in your life where you've already had a career mm -hmm. of you know a certain number of years, and you feel like you can't because of your age, y'all are living proof that at your young age that you are, you can go out and change your career path. Right. And, you know, for you and your daughter, it was a complete career change. But for your wife, you know, this was like an organic, natural thing to right. move into with the push and help a family to open the doors, you know. And so it's through y'all business owners that are doing what you're doing in Louisiana that it's like, why not put this out there? Right. So I appreciate y'all for doing what you do every single day. And for coming on the show, I truly am grateful that y'all took y'all's time and you came back from a retreat and come and sit in a chair and talk to yes. somebody, you know, Absolutely. for an hour about your business. That just means the world. Thank you. Well, thank you. I told you we made her. Though. <laughs>
I think it was a gentle coercion. It, it, no, it was, y'all need to be back by 3.30. You need to be ready and dressed. And <laughs> but we still stopped no. at Bucky's. Good. <laughs> Gotta stop at Bucky's. <laughs> Well, thank you all so very much. I appreciate thank your time and appreciate your willingness to come on the show, share your story with everybody. And I know it's going to impact, you know, the power of one. So long as one person right. can take it and say, hey, maybe that's something I want to do. Or maybe I've been thinking about this idea of going out and taking a leap of faith. All that matters is the power of one, getting that one person to make a change for the better. So thank you all. Right. And thank you, everybody else, for listening or watching the show, whatever platform you're consuming us on. I greatly appreciate it. I know that these amazing guests that we have on each and every week do as well. If y'all are in the area and you're after some massage therapy, I hear there's a good place called TRC. Look them up. Tell them you heard about them on the Patty G Show, and they're going to make sure to take great care of you and figure out whatever it is you need. They're going to make it happen. So thank you all so very much, and thank you to the wonderful sponsors that make this show possible each and every week. You're going to hear a little bit more about them right now. Sell your home for a $399 flat fee with Falaya. No, seriously. Falaya will list your home on the MLS and help you get all the way to the closing table for as little as a $399 flat fee. Our online platform is insanely easy to use and will save you thousands. If you're thinking about selling your home in 2022 and want to keep more of your hard-earned equity in your pocket, you need to check out Falaya. Falaya, real estate reimagined. Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Patty G Show brought to you by Government Taco. They're located on the corner of Government Street and Jefferson Highway. Jay is always slinging up a new taco of the month, so if you're a frequenter to Government Taco, let us know in the comments what you thought about this month's taco of the month. If you're not a frequenter, maybe trying out this month's taco might just convert you. Big thanks over to them at Government Taco for making the Patty G Show possible. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away, it's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left. But the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on, listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service every step of the way they're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life shopping for a car they're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable you're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle thank you so very much for mercedes-benz of making this show possible 
Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you, signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. McClavey's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40-plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire, whatever you want. Go over there, see Frank and Ashley. It's a father-daughter duo. They do incredible things in their store. They will outfit you from as simply a shirt that you need for one evening, or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul. They're going to take care of you every step of the way, and be sure and let them know that Patty G Show sent you.